These are my favorite kind of Sunday smashes. I get to sit down with my boy, Ira Chaffel, and talk about a Florida State win over Miami. Welcome in, everybody. Hopefully, our internet's working well. Ira, do you see me? Do you hear me? Are you all right? Are we good? I see you. I hear you. I'm like Tommy over here. I can see you. I can oh, hear man, you. man, I'm freezing up. This is nuts. Oh, Jeff. Jeff. I don't know how this is possible. We were fine. Are you there? I'm here, Ben. I'm gonna, ben if come I have help to, out, I'll ben. start it all over. I don't know. You're you're glitching. I'm not glitching. You're glitching. You're glitching. <laughs> ben, where are you? Ben, we're all glitching up in here, but I can hear Ira now. Okay, here we go. You can hear me now? I can. Russ Borges can hear us. I just hope this works because this is too much fun. I think if I have to start over, I'll start over. I'm not going to screw this up. It's a Florida State win over Miami for the third consecutive year, 10 and 0. Now we're good. The the people out there are saying they hear and see us both. So let's just roll. Let's just roll. Cheers first of all. Thank you, buddy. Cheers to you as well. And uh cheers to Florida State beating Miami and to going 10 and 0, which 10 and 0 will work. 10 and 0 will work. Uh, hey, by the way, I didn't tell you this, Ira. I ran into Russ over the weekend. Oh, did you? Nice. Russ came up. Said oh, he came by, yeah, he came by the pregame show, right? He did, and nice. he was in great spirits. He said that he's not sure anything's ever sold as well as the Smash. And, and that, right. I mean, he's just turning a profit left and right. We're not charging him enough. <laughs> that's what he said. I'm sure that's what he said. He kind of said that. He kind of said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate uh, the the local or loyal patronage of our uh, Smash view- viewers and really in all the War Champ programs. Everybody, you guys are great. You guys always support everybody that supports us. We really appreciate it. We do. Okay. So uh, I got to say, Ira, at, uh, after the flukish play and a ridiculous angle and everything else that happened to make it 27 20, did you get nervous? Of course. I mean, I, I think I got more nervous when Emory Williams got hurt. I was like, oh, Van Dyke's going to come in and somehow there's going to be three DBs are going to collide and somebody's going to run into the end. I mean, it's just like it, it felt like there's no way this could happen, but it's definitely going to happen. So, yeah, no, I was definitely concerned about it. Um, and then Tyler Van Dyke was Tyler Van Dyke. So it worked out and uh, Florida State got the win. But I guess like that's the thing to me. If that one play doesn't happen, I thought Florida State – all night was very close to blowing Miami out and it's frustrating. They didn't do that, but to me, it wasn't the score to me is not indicative of, of the, the state of those two programs. I think Florida state's a much better team. Uh, they just didn't take advantage of some opportunities on that game. That's how I felt about it. I don't know how, how you felt about it. I've, I've got a mixture of both. I don't, I, that's a fluke play. It is. Um, yeah. I do. I, I do think um, Kevin's really struggling a little bit though. Oh, for sure. They're, they're going to have to figure something out. He's, he's, he's not, you, you can't keep rolling them out there. Yeah. I think there's a couple things going on there and I, and I've started to get into it on our message boards and I haven't, um, you know, look, Mike Norvell, you know, he, he's never going to talk about injuries. Of course. I, I believe there's a reason Kevin Knowles has not been uh, really looking forward to contact that might be health related. Um, but I don't, you know, I can't report that. I'm not reporting it for sure. I just think that that might be something to that. Um, but as far as the angle, yeah, it was just terrible. I mean, it was just a, a terrible play at a terrible moment. I'm sure he hates it. The thing about Kevin Knowles is, and I think the reason they've given him every opportunity is they love the kid. Like he is apparently like everything you'd want in a college football player. He's just having a tough year. And yeah, at this point, 
uh, I think it's going to be tough to, to keep throwing them out there because you're not going to have a, a margin uh, of error in maybe some of these games down the road. Well, and I, at some point it affects your confidence, you know. I mean, right. we all know confidence is huge. I really think that's part of it too, Ira. He's got sure. he's got some confidence issues. He can't tackle right now, and I think he knows that that's kind of avalanched on him a little bit. And so you feel added pressure to make a play, and it's it's just tough. But yeah, it, it's no shot at the young man as a person. Clearly, they all love him. Um, yeah. But but he's but he's he's struggling. Hey, uh, I I think at the end of the day, when I kind of walked out of that game. I thought about what I've thought about for weeks on end. I think that this is it's it's important to put in proper perspective where Florida State's at. And we're right to bring up the fact that they were five and seven two years ago, and now they're on the cusp of winning the ACC and having an undefeated regular season. You should think about that a lot because I think the tendency, even by me, is to think about who they don't match up well with and how this is going to end. But frankly, if they go 12-0 and or 13-0 and and win the ACC, it doesn't really matter because they're so far ahead of schedule that, you know, you want to win it all and you want an opportunity to take home a championship. But honestly, if we're being transparent, like who thought they were going to go – when they were 5-7, and seven, who thought they'd have a chance to go 13-0 and and win the ACC two years later? I mean, it's, it's crazy how quickly it's turned around. Yeah, I mean that's where I am, and I, you know, I look, I understand both sides of it, and you can want it's fine to want them to be better than they are, but you know, like yeah. Coach Henshaw, George Henshaw, and I talked earlier today for this week's Henshaw's house, and he made a point that I think is very accurate. It's in that piece. He said, you know, after ten games, you are pretty much who you are. You know, this may be who Florida State is, good enough to beat teams, and and good enough to make plays in big moments and key situations to to rise up to beat LSU. To, to come through at the end and beat Clemson, to hold off a charge from, from different teams. But if you spend this whole year waiting for them to be this juggernaut that just blows – that's just not who they are. They haven't been that for 10 games. It would be awesome if that just showed up out of the blue uh, you know, in, a, in a couple of weeks. But that hasn't been who they are. So maybe kind of enjoy, like your point, that they're ahead of schedule. And this is – this is because otherwise you're just going to be frustrated through all the wins. And then at the very end, if they're 12 and 0 or 13 and 0 and finally lose a game, you're going to be like, oh, I told you. You know, and it's like, man, you could have enjoyed a lot of wins along the way. Well, I have to remind myself to do it because I want them to win it all. I, I'm an old. I want them to go undefeated. I want them to win it all. I want them to be better. I think there's a better version of themselves at the end of the game every week. I think, oh, this version was so close to showing itself. Yeah. But but you're right. I mean, and I, I will say this, and and we and Ira, I'll get to all the contributions here at the outset in just a moment. And we have to be very careful as people that cover the team. But guys, I, I do think, and this isn't just like, hey, I'm these. I'm not trying to like disguise this as inside secrets. I think it's fairly evident. This is a really banged up group, man. They are just they are they got a bunch of guys that are playing through things, playing injured. They're trying to rest guys here and there. They're trying to get guys reps where they can and move these other guys out. It's just crazy. Like, I think this North Alabama game is a godsend. I, you'd almost oh, yeah. be, you would almost, Ira, be tempted to just start your entire second and third team and be like, <laughs> I, seriously. It crossed, it crossed my mind. Yeah, it crossed my mind. I mean, they certainly have, some positions, yeah. Oh, they've got some linemen. They've got, I, I even think the guys that play a lot of times. Like, oh, perfect example. It's very obvious Jaheim Bell's not right. Right. 
it's very obvious he's not right. I think it's obvious to some degree, even yesterday, that Keon wasn't right. I think there's a lot of moments where you see it come out where you're like, oh, that guy, oh, man, he's probably gone if this is six weeks ago or whatever. You know, it's like. Didn't seem quite as explosive, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. So I saw a lot of that, and I see that with some of these guys. Hey, that's football. Uh, the, you know, the cliche war of attrition, it absolutely is. Uh, but, but here's the good news is whenever I get kind of frustrated by that, I realize you've got this North Alabama game. Look guys, you, you, they're not beating you. North Alabama's not beating you. So you, you really can rest a lot of guys and then you got to go to war with Florida and Louisville. But if you win those games, you got a long rest before you play off a game, before you have a playoff game. You have a lot of time to get as healthy as you could possibly be for a game like that. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it would, you know, I, I, my guess is Mike Norvell is going to probably want to play those guys early. Um, but yeah, I would not play them much, um, especially in some guys you could rest. I mean, like, you know, we watching the game last night, Maurice Smith was struggling. I mean, he oh, was, you could tell he was struggling yeah. physically. Well, maybe Darius Washington can start at center and maybe. Um, you know, you can go with Bless and Jeremiah tackle. You know, maybe there's, there's, you have some options there to get some guys some rest who, who are in more desperate uh, shape. You know, we saw it, it looks like Kalen Deloach got banged up late in the game. Uh, maybe he doesn't need to play uh, this week. Um, you know, there's just, there's, there's, you know, it'd probably be different levels. Some guys, maybe you don't play at all. Some guys, you play just, you know, a few series. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is, it does come at a perfect time. Meanwhile, Florida's got to go play Missouri, who just beat, the crap um, out of uh, who did they just Missouri Tennessee. just Tennessee, Tennessee just killed Tennessee so uh, that's going to be a tough tough test for Florida going into uh, Florida State. Yeah, and they had some recruits say uh, this is no good. I'm out of here. Uh, Florida suffered a, a setback today in recruiting, which I think down the line is going to help Florida State. I think that this is the time of year where hey, listen, you know. I mean, there were 100-plus 100, 100 kids. at the, I mean, this was crazy how many people they had at this game. That atmosphere was awesome. Uh, you know, I, there's no doubt Florida State has separated itself from Florida and Miami. Uh, if you look at the trajectory of the programs, you've got to be very excited about Florida State's opportunity to maybe flip some of these kids in certain situations, uh, still continue to work on others. Uh, I think – you know, this weekend probably couldn't have gone any better for Florida State when you think about it. You get your third straight win over Miami. Florida gives up 4 billion yards and 50-plus points to LSU, and then they have kids decommit. You have uh, Jimbo Fisher lose his job at Texas A&M. Um, it's, it's well, we could toast to Jimbo. Oh, you to, want to toast to Jimbo? Yeah, let's toast. To, uh, to happier times, Jimbo. And to, uh, you know, hey, if you're trying to figure out ways to spend that $75 million, the Battle's End would take a donation, I'm sure. Uh, you know, Seminole Boosters, you've always been concerned about Seminole Boosters funding. So, you know, you can always give back. But we're it's, thinking of you, Jimbo. Yeah, tough times. Nobody's going to think too uh, long because he's made a ton of money um, off of Jameis Winston. And, I mean, <laughs> I wonder how much money he calls and offers Jameis. I mean, you got it, right, Jameis? Like, I know you made a lot of money. Should I give you a couple million dollars? Uh, what, what should I do here? I owe you the world. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I know a lot of people on social media, a couple of either Pete Thamel put out some names, put Mike Norvell on his list of names that they should be interested in or uh, consider. And uh, I, the, the nice thing about Mike Norvell, I, and I believe, 
is that when coaches let their names be out there for jobs all the time, it's, it's usually for leverage, right? Yep. And whether it's because they want more money or they want more money for their assistant coaches or they want more facilities or whatever it is. And that's fine. I mean, that's part of business and, you know, whatever. Uh, I think, you know, Mike Norvell just got a huge raise after the end of last season. Now they're 10-0. If they go to the college football playoff, you know, maybe there's another raise. We'll see. What I don't think, I haven't gotten any sense since since Norvell's been here, is that he's going to use these opportunities, let alone every opportunity, which is what Jimbo did, to feel the need to hold the program hostage or hold the university hostage. Now, if there are things he thinks at the end of every year, he's going to talk to the, the administration about, hey, it would be great if we got this, or hey, it would be great if we got that. He knows they're all in. Florida State's administration has been all in now for the last couple of years because they know that Florida State football has to get back to what it was, which is part of how we got to this point for this program to, to feed all of the other athletic programs and to help the whole university. So I don't think there's any need to hold Florida State hostage at this point. And I think if he needs something, he may ask for it. But I don't think you're going to see the constant extortion that we saw under a previous head coach. That my, my point is, I don't think that's the natural order of business for a healthy program. And I think Florida State's in a much healthier place. And I don't think that's going to be the approach by Mike Norvell. Yeah, Mike doesn't strike me as that. His agent is everybody else's agent, though. And that agent does this to everybody. Well, he did switch. He did switch this did year. He? Yeah, oh. he went with one of... One of the other agents that worked for Sexton broke off, and and Norvell's with them. I'm not. I'm not saying they're going to do anything different, right? But but it, he he isn't with Sexton anymore. Well, that's good news because that's exactly what Sexton would do, uh, and has done repeatedly over and over and over again. I actually think Elko is probably the leading candidate for that job. He's done a great job in the short time he's been at Duke. He was at Texas A&M. He hated Jimbo. The second he could get out, he got out. Um, it would be a good hire for them. They should hire Elko. I mean, I, yeah, I would, no, I I think would he, over Lane. He make, makes, he, I mean, Elko would make a lot of sense from the one standpoint, obviously, you know, he's successful. He's been there. He was on Jimbo staff and he did a good job there and he's done a good job at Duke. I don't know from a personality standpoint and his, it, just his voice and the way he carries himself. He's got that Northeastern, you know, yeah. vibe to him. I don't know how well that's going to fly in Texas A&M. I've heard, you know, I think Lane definitely wants it. Um, you know, I think he is, uh, he's going to be pushing hard for it. And, and, and I'm sure you know his agents can be pushing hard for it. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. The fact that they did it when they did it and trying to be first in the market. Need you to believe they have somebody. I think that they might. Yeah. And they want to make sure nobody else gets involved there. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But, you know, there was, a, I just saw somebody in the chat ask, is, is it Mike Norvell from Texas? Yes, he is from Texas. Again, I don't think that that's uh, Mike Norvell wanted this Florida State job. I mean, going back to when he was at Memphis, he had opportunities to go to other schools. He had opportunities to go to Power Five schools and turn them all down. Florida State is a job he wanted. Now, I'm not saying he's going to stay at Florida State forever, but what I'm telling you is there's none of the there's none of the um, constant need for more and 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 more money and more gratification. And look at where he has the program right now. Again, Texas A&M has had ten, two 10-win seasons in 30 years. Florida State now, Corey pointed out in his column, there's a column about Corey's column on the is up on the website right now talking about Jimbo Fisher and Florida State and what the whole situation. Texas A&M, you know, Florida State now has had three different head coaches. They've had four head coaches really in the last 50 years. Yeah. 
three of them have won at least 16 games in a row. They've had 16-game winning streaks. This program is a proven winner, and he's got it going right now to the point you made earlier about recruiting. They've had, I mean, go look at the site. Go to warchan.com. We've got articles with five-star receiver Cam Coleman, five-star receiver Jeremiah Smith. I mean, it's all these guys who are seriously considering Florida State because of where the program is going. It just doesn't make any sense um, to to pursue something like that. Again, never say never, but nothing I've seen makes me – whereas I knew Jimbo was going to flirt every – we all knew it. We knew Jimbo was going to flirt every year to get more and more and more. That has not been Mike Norvell's MO. Let us get caught up. Tommy writes, Ira, a man's word is his honor. It's Don Julio time. <laughs> now, you, I, I, I think it's time, Ira. I mean, I, I'm all sure right. Julio right. is sitting close by. It's never too far. And Jones. I knew, yeah, it's never too far from your heart at the very least. <laughs> I I know this. I know yeah. that Ira has never failed us. Look how low that Don Julio is, guys. It's, it's, That's a lot of Sunday smashes. So, so here's the problem. It is a lot of Sunday smashes. Here's the problem. So Don's become part of the family, right? Yeah. Um, But I also have that Avion 44 that, that one of your friends, one of our friends was so nice to send me. So, do we, do we upgrade at some point when we become a playoff team? Or do I, do oh, I stick with my own? When they win the ACC, you are going to go ahead. Oh, how about this? When they win and finish a undefeated regular season, you break out the Avion. If they win the ACC, you do a shot of both. And then if they win the national championship, Ira, we'll do this show shirtless. and drink <laughs> the whole time. That's not happening. But we could. Uh, Corey, I'll do that with you. But um, we can uh, – we need to be together to share that though, man. That's special. Okay. Stuff. Well, I can come over to the house the next time we have to do okay. it, which is after the undefeated season. But for now, we need to see you hit that Don Julio like a man. Oh man, guys. Look at this. We're tapped out. Oh we fin- the smash a- tapped out of the Don Julio. We're okay. We're, so we're empty. Look, you can get another bottle for about six bucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need Gene. I need to expense it. Hey. That's a grown-ass man shot right there, folks. I want Ira to show you. Look at that. That's a grown man's shot. Now, if you could, Director Ben and everybody else, make sure you record this and have it frame <laughs> by frame so we get the look. Yeah, it's always the best look. It's it's so smooth, guys. I'm going to use it tomorrow on the JCS in celebration of this win over Miami. It's, it's so smooth. This is, this is for you, Mario. This is for you, Jimbo. This is for you, TVD. Mm. This is for you, UM. This is for you, Texas A&M fans. The mm. last of the Don Julio. My man. Ooh. <laughs> oh, boy. It's been a while. It's been a minute, Jeff. Ooh. <laughs> Cut the camera. Cut the camera. Oh, boy. Look at that Don Holy Julio just Ooh. hits different after a Miami win. He's aged a little bit. Mm. <laughs> I think I, all the best stuff was at the bottom of that bottle. I'm proud of you. Very proud oh, of man. you. Seth writes, always love a win over Miami, no matter how it looks. I also think that team is better than some thought, particularly on defense. You guys excited? You get to cover coaching news again. Laugh out loud. Go Knowles. Yeah, I mean, we don't cover that much coaching news right now. It's Texas A&M. Uh, Jimbo was about to get fired three weeks ago. This was writing on the wall. I kept bringing up the fact, Seth, that he had lost nine straight road games. Um you can't pay somebody a hundred million dollars to lose nine straight road games for Christ's sakes. I mean, um, by the way, Ira, we just got a text from England. <laughs> I saw that. We will get you boys a bottle of the battles in tequila. 
and I am down with that. I think it's you think it's smoother than, than well Ingram is a sophisticated man he is a friend of mine and I know that he likes the good stuff so he's not gonna settle for nonsense tequila just <laughs> <laughs> be good tequila buddy you're gonna cost us our Don Julio sponsorship <laughs> you um, would, ooh cost us the Don Julio sponsorship. <laughs> hey um to the question no I Flores, Miami's defense is solid, man. If you look at the, 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 the over the course of the season, Set Miami, and, and I'm writing this in my yeah, and I'm writing this in my three two one column. Miami's not six and four because of their football team and their defense. It's because of their quarterback play. It's the turnovers. They had a turnover machine, a quarterback, a Tyler Van Dyke, and then they they went into think about how poorly Tyler Van Dyke. And I'm not trying to kill you, Tyler, if you're watching, but the the or your family, but the to make the decision to go to Emory Williams, who's never, he started one game at home to start him at Doke in front of the, that crowd against this team in that spot, and then keep playing him as he's continuing to pee down his leg through the course of that football game. Every time he drops back to pass and never go to Van Dyke until the kid breaks his arm or whatever happens to him tells you how poorly Tyler's been playing. And so and then they replaced him with a guy that went eight for 27 and stuck him in the, left him in there the whole time. So that's the reason they're not, they have not been good, but yeah, man, their defense is solid. You scored 27 points against them. You could have, you could have scored probably 35 or 40, but you know, that's a good defense. And then they made some plays. I think their lines of scrimmage. When we came into the game, that's what I was most worried about. I, I talked about it a lot that the lines of scrimmage, we're going to be a problem. And that's really Florida state's problem right now uh, between injury and some other issues that they've had. Um, I don't think, you know, listen, Florida state will have Daryl Jackson in the postseason, guys. Uh, it's going to be important because I do think good offensive lines can gash Florida state's defensive line. And I think Florida state's offensive line is what they are. You know, you, you got to have to scheme around them a little bit. They're not dominant. So, this was going to be a bit of a problem there. And, and Miami's got, if you're a Miami fan, uh, when you take time away from bitching about the officials, you can sit back and really realize you got some young players that you can be excited about. Uh, I think, uh, there it is. Tommy Wright. Thanks. Ira promise kept. That's good. <laughs> Iris face is a little bit more red right now. looks like someone gave you a spoonful of baby food. When you take <laughs> um, but no, Miami's got talent, and and he can recruit. You have to hope that his in-game coaching, which is pathetic, and you know the the inability to put people away when they should. I'm not talking about yesterday. I'm just talking yeah. about in general. Catches up with them, and you know this has always been the case with Mario. It's like he can recruit, but do you amass enough losses that that recruiting ability dissipates and guys decide to go elsewhere? So. You know, it's going to be incumbent upon Florida State continue to stockpile players and and do well here and try to assert yourself while you have a distinct advantage over both Florida and Miami. Do you think, and I, it's just a theory, I don't know if it's accurate or not, it seemed to me like where Florida State's defense really struggled, and I know we could talk about the line of scrimmage, but really a lot of their yards were just missed tackles in space. Um, Florida State's linebackers and safeties, DBs particularly, the DBs particularly, really struggled tackling in space, especially those running backs from Miami. And I just wonder if it's because they haven't played good competition in a while, you know, they haven't played good skill players in a while. And it felt like, and you know, we watch practice, man, they, they're not 
there's not a lot of full contact. Right. They really almost never hit the back since. Well, back. that's the answer in general, I think, Irod. They don't tackle and nobody does. It's not them. It's just nobody does. Um, I do think you get a better, consistent Saturday athlete in the SEC at running back. So if you were playing those guys every week, you'd probably have to get better at it, you know? But you don't. I mean, when you're playing Syracuse and Wake Forest and teams like that every week, you're really not getting it, you know? And I do think that's the problem with this league in general. It's 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 got a weakness to it. It it doesn't have doesn't provide the consistency of test. You know, you might be on par with the with the better teams in the SEC, but if you don't play that caliber of athlete every week and you don't tackle, it's a problem. I do I I think you're on to something there. I've also, you know, Although I've been, it hadn't really difficult. helped Florida, though. It hadn't really helped Florida's defense. No, so. and and Florida, yeah, Florida's got real problems. Um, Seven hundred yards. That's crazy. By the way, Jaden Daniels probably just won the Heisman. Yeah, I thought that uh, last night. The two things that happened out of that game were Jaden Daniels probably won the Heisman, and uh, Florida's DC had to have gotten fired. I've never yeah. seen it. I mean, well, we haven't seen anybody ever do that before. It makes you proud of what Florida State did against Jaden Daniels. I mean, that is insane what that kid did yesterday. I mean, those are. Decent athletes. I mean, I, I, how the hell that happened is I, I've never seen anything like that. And, yeah. I, and that's one of the things I'm mentioning that in my column. Also, the fact that I think it's, it was LSU season low in points. I think his season low in, uh, uh, I think it might be a season low in, in it rush r- yards. It's close to it. Now he, he had a couple of games where he rushed for less, but overall, but a uh, fewest touchdowns for sure. I think it's the only game he's only had one touchdown in yeah. uh, passing. So and yeah, by man, the way, a- that touchdown was nonsense. That was against the right. third string defense at the end of a the game. They were the first string FSU defense held Jaden Daniels and that LSU offense to 17 points, period. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that. And it, it literally, it's after that game, every game through the rest of the year. I mean, they're scoring, you know, 40, 50 points a game against everybody else. And Florida State did a really good job against them. Yeah, it was nuts. Uh, I want to catch up too because we've had some other contributors that I have not touched on yet. Happy Smash Day. Suck it, Cryami. As a native Floridian, and I know hurricane season ends in November. As an FSU fan from Fort Lauderdale, I despise Miami with a burning passion. Love being 10 and 0, plus UF lost badly. Go Knowles. FSU fan 93, All I'm right. there with you. I share many of those sentiments, sir. Yes. We like the, we love the 2720 in yeah. the uh, contribution. We appreciate it. Hey, Never you heard, you nerd. Woohoo, hey. go Knowles, baby. Undefeated still, and F Miami. <laughs> well said. Hey, so you were in the stands, right? Two things. One, how loud was it? And two, um, one of the players, I can't remember who it was. I think it was, it might've been Akeem Dent that was, one of the players was talking about how great the crowd was and that he really didn't see many Miami fans even. It was just like so many Knowles. Did you see, I mean, how many Miami fans did you see in the crowd and and how how loud did it get? Yeah, there's the one little section that uh, some of the Miami parents and you know the, the the quarterback's parents were there and and uh, and and that little group. But that no, it In was the corner. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, not much. I mean, it was it was loud. It was very loud. I've heard louder. I mean, we've been louder before. Um, it was kind of a weird game, uh, but I right. thought. But I thought Florida State fans brought it when they had to bring it, and it's definitely a home field advantage. You saw Miami did not try to really make any checks at the line. Now, that, Zero. that was twofold. That was a young quarterback. They didn't want to confuse him. And then, B, they just knew what was the point. Florida State was loud in those moments when there were big-time things happen uh, happening. They knew when to get loud. It was good. It was good. 
you know, I want to address something here. Somebody's in the chat and they asked this question. Uh, Richard asked, Jeff or Ira, can someone address the talk that Doak will never again be like it was last night? Can somebody please explain? Well, Richard, they're doing they're doing renovations to the stadium. That's what you are hearing when people say Doak will never be the same because uh, they're, they're taking out some seats in the name of comfort and amenities. And so it's not going to have as many people in the stadium as it was last night. They've already, uh, it went from in my time to 83,000 down to 80, down to 78, I believe, or somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, And so, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to decrease again. I know it's going to decrease my father, for example, by the way, Ira, and for everybody out there has had season tickets and has gone to games for over 40 years. And he has a meeting this upcoming Saturday before the North Alabama game with the boosters to sit down and talk about his seats. Right. And he wants me to be there because he thinks I'm going to sway <laughs> that I'm going to have leverage. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Saturday, Saturday at one o'clock before a six 30 kick, he's got to be a dope to go through and talk about what his options are. And a lot of people are going through that. Yeah. So yeah, just to kind of recap, wrap up what you were saying. Yeah. The idea is, I mean, look, man, I remember 10, 15 years ago talking to somebody at FSU who said, in hindsight, it was probably a mistake to expand as big as Doke did. You know, back in the day, it was never this big. They expanded to eight over 80,000, and it's hard to fill that stadium. It was impossible to fill that stadium, really, when you're in the ACC because the other schools don't bring any fans. And so you've got to figure out a way to fill 80,000 seats basically by yourself anytime you're playing Wake Forest or Duke. Yeah, and or- it's tough to get to. I mean, it's, are, it's, Tallahassee's unique. It's not like Clemson that's pretty close to Atlanta or, right. or Athens that's pretty close to Atlanta or you just yeah, don't we're have at people. A disadvantage. We're not getting, uh, listen, I don't yeah. want to live in Gainesville, but the bottom line is that Gainesville's two hours from Tampa, two hours from Orlando. There are I mean, right, lots of people. Jack, Jacksonville's an hour yeah. and a half away. Yeah. So they, so that's, so that's the challenge for Florida state. The idea is, and also that a lot of people do not want to be crammed in bleacher seats that are this big anymore correct so the idea is you're going to have a better experience you're going to be in a bigger more spacious seating it's going to be a more much more expensive experience so there are people who are mad because they're going to be priced out of it at the end of the day though if you're not directly affected by that and if you're directly affected by that that's your decision you're going to figure out what you can do they'll they'll offer to move you to a different place in the in the stadium i think even the fans who are unhappy right now feel like they know they've been getting a good bargain for a long time uh, the seats they had at the price they have, but you know, that time is changing. But if you're not really affected directly and you're just concerned by the, the idea that you're going from 80,000 fans to 70,000 fans or, or 68,000 fans, it's going to be somewhere in that ballpark. And you wonder about the noise. I, I would just tell you this, man, I grew up going to the orange bowl, selling Cokes in the orange bowl, hot dogs in the orange bowl. That place was loud as hell with 70,000, 72,000 people. It was not a 90,000 seat stadium. I get it. Everybody sees the 100,000 seat stadiums, Tennessee and Penn State and all these places. I think, and I'm not, we'll see, but I think it's going to be still very, very loud. I don't think it's not going to be, you got 70,000 people in there compared to 75 or 80,000. I personally don't think it's going to be that big of a difference. Now, the people who are affected by the price and all that, I get it, man. You got to, you got to deal with it and and, and uh, let FSU hear that you're not happy. And we're going to be doing more on that. But as far as the overall concern, I think Doke's still going to be really loud. I think Doke will still be loud, but it, it does it, it does adversely affect quite a few people. And I have empathy yeah. for those people. Um, it's tough, man. That's just a tough deal. I get both sides of it. They have to renovate. They have to modernize. 
They have to create more space for people to sit down. When you sit in the stands, Ira, you probably have not had to do that in a long time at this stadium, if ever. I, I did. The last time I did, Jeff, I think it was 1990. Okay, so buddy, you were in school. I mean, for ninety one, yeah. yeah. So it's it's not a great experience. Um, you know, I'm a bit spoiled these days with all these years of being in the press and being able to go yeah. wherever I want. But it's you know you're you're squished up against people. I mean, uh, you know it's it's not it's not great. To clarify, I was co- selling cokes in Miami. Cokes. You were not selling coke in Miami. Thanks. Sorry, boy. If you had been, that was the heyday to do it. <laughs> You would have made some serious money in the eighties selling Coke in Miami, buddy. Good Lord, Ira. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a tough deal, but a lot of places have already done what Florida state's now doing. Uh, a lot of places around the country have already done this numerous times. And so Florida state finds themselves in a, in a tough position. I still think to your point, it will still be loud. I saw somebody say that they'd never seen the champions club sold out. Well, it's always sold out. People just don't sit in the stands because they wander about drinking and eating because they have all those amenities back in the in the causeway there, the you know that open area there, not causeway, that open air, um, the concourse. Uh, I'm, even when it's sold out, people aren't sitting in the seats. Yeah, and that's look, man. I, there are concerns. I mean, I'm not trying to display, and we'll get back to football here in a second. I'm not, and I think we're actually going to have some more content on the site this week about this topic. So it's a good stay, week for it, Ira. Good week for it, buddy. Com. Yeah, I think we need some... to break down the North Alabama game, bud. <laughs> but, so we have that coming up. You'll you'll see that on Warchant TV later this week. But um, as far as, you know, yeah, I, it's not ideal. Um, it's going to be a tough situation. It's going to be hard for a lot of individual people. But like you said, it couldn't stay, it couldn't stay the way it is. Like, it's hard in 2020. When we were in college, man, you didn't give a crap what you were sitting on. You, you would do, you just had to be at the game because right, because some, home television sucked. Yeah. And you know, game, some games weren't even on TV. And if you were at home, you had a, what, a 19 inch, 25 inch TV. You could right. barely, it was just, it's so it's that people are not going to come to sit in a metal bleacher that that's big anymore. So it's, they have to modernize it. They have to make it better. They also have the ADA issues that they've got to address as well. So there's a lot going on there. Plus, it's going to be a revenue driver. I mean, they are going to charge a lot more now for these seats to to make revenue for the for the athletic program. So there's a lot to it. You know, again, from a football standpoint, though, I I still think it's even the Champions Club, man. Like to your point, when they did the Champions Club, one of Jimbo Fisher's last complaints before he left was that you took a lot of those people out of those seats because, like you said, now they're up at the bar inside in the air conditioning eating and drinking and he was mad about what it did to the the atmosphere i get it it's still loud man that place is still loud it was really loud last night it was very loud last night z chan i know you've already addressed this but here's to texas a&m being to to texas a&m and being 10 and 0 Obviously, he means here's to Texas A&M firing Jimbo. It's just weird. I mean, like, I I think the Jimbo thing was a foregone conclusion. And even if you have intense vitriol towards Jimbo, the bottom line is, I have to say, I, I don't feel bad because he's got more money than he could ever spend. He could go live whatever perfect life he wants to live if he could do it. It's a very complicated thing. He's got a lot of issues to deal with. Um I mean, we've moved on and, and we're better off for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike Norvell has got this thing humming right now. All I do is think an awful lot about where Florida State's going. I just don't get wrapped up. I, I do take 
there's some schadenfreude there. I do take some um, satisfaction in that. I remember I went out, I was a guest on a show uh, out at Texas A&M that one of the groups that covers Texas A&M had me on and they were trying to chide me and, and get me to, you know, to, to get into an argument with them. And I said, look, you guys don't know what you're getting. I interviewed this man every year he was here. I've seen the progression of where Fisher's psyche is at. And good luck with that, guys. Good luck with that. I wa- and, it's, and I don't take pleasure in watching a guy dissolve into something that's broken as he is. But it, th- that was a fact. He was broken when he left here, and he was broken when he got there. On that note, somebody, a friend of ours uh, texted me to ask a question. They didn't want to enter it on the chat here. They texted me the question. Which of uh, Jimbo's ranches do you think he's currently getting hammered at? <laughs> Jimbo's not a big drinker, but he could be tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I knew that I – well, listen, I've said this before. I, I, the day you get fired in college football with these ridiculous contracts – by the way, there is – they have to pay him even if he takes another job, Ira. Did you see that? So there's no redirect on that contract. If he takes a job tomorrow, not that he would, but let's just say West Virginia made a change and he wants to take that job. And I think eventually he would love to take that job. And that happened. They'd still have to pay him the $70 million. You'd like to hope that maybe he wouldn't charge West Virginia, his home state school, a whole lot of money if he's already got that money in the bank, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's obscene. It's ridiculous. Um, but it shows you also what Texas A&M had to do to get him. you know, like, like that's where Texas A&M is, as is as a program because, and that's why to me, if you're Mike Norvell, you'd be insane to go there again. I get it for Lane Kiffin. He's in Mississippi and like that, that you is good gonna- right there. <laughs> I have said that many times to people before, Hey, you don't have to explain to me. You're in Mississippi. <laughs> But the, you know, the thing about Norvell, and Corey mentioned this in his column, time to talk Shopify. A couple of years ago, I wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you guys. But I had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling yay sausage shirts, and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is the only tool you'll need to grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. So you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I really love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, now, to grow your business, no matter what stage of the game you're in. Shopify.com slash Warchant. What was frustrating about Jimbo, and it was very apparent when he was leaving in the last few years, was he did not appreciate Florida State. Like, there are so many things that make this a really great job that none of the national writers understand. Like, when you see the lists from the national college football writers about the best 10 jobs in college football, they're not going to have Florida State as high as some of those other ones. 
because there's a few things about this school and this program and this location that I don't think anybody really appreciates other than people that really know it. And, and we can go into those if we want to, but, but there's a, there's a lot of things here that you don't have at some other schools. It's really a great spot. It's why it has been successful uh, under several different coaches. And some of these schools are not. And so I think Mike Norvell appreciates that. And I think he understands it. And I'd be surprised again, if he chased money to a job where man, there's no, there's no even track record that says you're going to be successful at a job like that. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I think for some people, the Texas A&M job is a dream gig. For others, it's a nightmare. Right. Um, I think if you're somebody who's got a good head on his shoulders and you can put up with the nonsense that goes along with those cult members out of Texas A&M, you do have access to the very best in terms of facilities. You can That's recruit. Right. There really is no excuse not to win out there. Jimbo has nobody but to blame himself. I mean, it's insane that he didn't do anything other than the COVID season. And and I, I just think it's, it's hard to fathom. So somebody who's got the right mindset could probably have a good go there. I know that the history is the history, Ira. You're right to point it out. And that's just a different deal. If you're at Duke, yeah, man, go ahead and take the A&M job. But you're right. If you're here, and I thought it was important to give Jimbo for a, a credit for a moment, I thought it was important for Jimbo to win that national title for Florida State. I don't mean for Jimbo because everybody chalked up all of Florida State's success to the great Bobby Bowden, who deserved all of the praise that he got. And obviously that run is one of the greatest in the annals of coaching history. And everybody will remember it forevermore. If you're a fan of the sport and you understand the landscape of college football, you would put that up there with the Bob Devaney's and all these different guys that have ever done great things at any one institution for a prolonged period of time. But I always wondered, and I think other people in college football wondered, well, when he leaves or he's let go or he's forced out or whatever you want to say, could Florida State still win? Well, it turned out, yes. Yes, you could. You could still win. You could still win. Jimbo won 29 in a row in a national title. And now Mike Norvell has come in, in and in short yeah. order won 16 straight. There's a good chance they're going to go 12-0 and and win the ACC. So now you know it's not a one-trick pony. It's not a one-coach thing. It is the special place that is Florida State. It is one of the few universities in the country that you, if you're operating at peak efficiency, like I, like I like to say, you can win a national championship. at. You cannot do that at Wake Forest. You cannot do that at countless institutions, 130-plus institutions out there. I would venture a guess that you probably cannot win a national championship at, what, 100 of them? Look at Melissa's great comment there. I'm sorry, Ben, if you could put that back up there. Melissa says, it's why other sports have had the same head coaches for decades. Listen, man, Florida State, Mike Martin, Bobby Bowden, Leonard Hamilton. Look at Leonard Hamilton's career. He's never stayed anywhere 20 years. He stayed here for 20 years. Yeah. You look at uh, Lonnie Alameda. You look at Mark Recorian before he, he left. Gone Bob, by now. Bob Brayman. I mean, it's up and down the list. Every coach, this is a destination job. Jimbo Fisher made it look like it was not because of what he, his personal reasons and his own animosity and angst and issues he has. But that's not Florida State, man. Florida right. State is a destination, 100% a destination job, especially at a time right now where, where the administration is all in. Like, they could not be more all in than they've been these last few years. It's also, because- Ira, really quick, you're making a great point, and I just want to add this to your point. 
it's the first time in forever that they're all on the same page because that booster arrangement changed. And now they operate like a more modern institution where the athletic director actually has real authority to make changes and make decisions. Sorry. No, no, I agree with you hundred percent. And you go all the way up to Peter Collins, the chairman of the board of trustees, the president, Richard McCullough, to, as you said, Michael Offord, Stephen Ponder runs the boosters down to Michael Nor- Mike Norvell. And then the rest of the staff, things are in place, man, for this team. And I know there's always been a concern this whole season in the background for a lot of fans of like, okay, what happens after this year? Jordan's going to leave. Keon's going to leave. Jared Verse is probably going to leave. A lot of these guys are going to leave. Is this a one-year wonder? I don't think it is, man. I mean, I think, again, they're, they're, they're going to have to fill some holes. They're going to have to do some work in the portal. But, man, there's a lot of great young talent, and they're killing it in recruiting right now. And I think they're going to kill it in the portal again. Imagine how interested schools are going to be in the portal or players in the portal are going to be in Florida State, especially with the battles in and their support. I mean, it's, man, I don't think there's, and there's no sign of this slowing down at all. It's the one reason, again, I have to, back at the beginning of the show when you and I were talking, um, and I said that, you know, I'm going to have to continue to be um, mindful that I don't need to look around every corner for the the other shoe to drop. Because even though I think, and I'll express this opinion tomorrow on the Jeff Cameron show or sometime this week on the Jeff Cameron show, maybe tomorrow we'll just revel in beating Miami's ass for the third straight year. We're going to have a montage? Does does this – do we get is a montage, montage worthy? At a, you know, being a six and three Miami team. Um, yeah, I mean, I think anytime you beat Miami, I don't care if they've won one game or nine. It's it's worth uh, having fun at their expense. So hopefully, hopefully Tom gets it done because we yeah, love the montage. Tom, get off your ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but you know, like I think this team is what I think. That, I mean, you may disagree with me. I think this is a really good team. I don't think this team's going to win the national title. Um, but that's okay. Because every time this year that I would think to myself, uh, I see a blemish, this is a problem, a little worried about this, I would have to come back around and say, what's wrong with you, man? Get a grip. This team two years ago was five and seven. Yeah. It's hard to go from five and seven to potentially 13 and zero and win the ACC championship in just two years. And that's what's happened. So, or it's what's happening right now. And so that I have to recognize as being way ahead of schedule. And then I think the other thing we would say about that, because you're way ahead of schedule and because you're buttoned up from the top of the organization on down, and because you have an organization like the Battles in, and more and more people are uh, joining that every day, which is a good thing, guys. If you want to win games, you're going to need to do that. This is, this, this is upwardly mobile for the foreseeable future. They don't have to go undefeated next year to make the playoff. Ira, it's a 12-team playoff. All they got to do is be good, and they should be good. I don't know about great, but 10 and 2, 9 right. and 3 is real distinct possibility. They've got good players. Some of the younger players are exciting. What they'll hit up in the portal, you know they're going to get a few kids that nobody's thinking about right now. They could have a huge impact five-star linebacker that they get. They could grab a dominant defensive end like they've done twice already. They could grab another linebacker or a defensive tackle. It changes your fortunes. Yeah, and I think there are some players on this current team that some people may expect are going to leave or assume they're going to leave that I wouldn't be so sure. Because again, what we saw a year ago when Jared Verse, I mean, this time a year ago, people were convinced Jared Verse was leaving. And I'm not telling you he's going to stay again, but there's probably players 
similar, (laughs) but there are similar players, maybe not to that level, but there are really good football players on this team who in the old days probably would have bailed. If there's a possibility to stay and make money in the NIL, if you're going to be, if you're not a surefire top two round pick, it might make more sense to to play another year of college football. So again, I, I just, I think there's, there's a lot of things that are moving in the right di- direction for Florida State. We, uh, you mentioned Russ Voorhees. Russ Voorhees at the beginning. We probably need to talk a little bit b- more about Russ, right? I was just about to say, Ira, can you please talk about your friend Russ? <laughs> I'm tired of trying to give you these cues, but you will not <laughs> jump on board. Russ, I did everything I could. If, <laughs> here we go, Ira. Please let Russ know we love him. RussVoorhees.com is the website. Go check it out. He's a great insurance agent based over in the Jacksonville area. He's got a couple offices in that area, as you can see on the website right now, or you can see on the screen right now, Jacksonville Beach and in Orange Park. But he also services customers in Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Any insurance needs you have, Russ is uh, just a great guy. He's got a great staff. I was talking to him over the weekend. He said his staff has told him about it. He told you they've had several people contact them because of the smash. So we appreciate that. If you have insurance questions or you're looking for new quotes or you got issues, uh, give Russ a shout and uh, a shout, and we uh, we need to see his commercial. The, your favorite insurance commercial in, uh, oh, in broadcast it. history. Ben, Ben, play that commercial, damn it. It's a wonderful. Contact Russ Boris for an auto quote today. Thanks, Russ. And this has nothing to do with nothing, but I will tell you, Russ is a big man. Russ is a big, strong man. Russ could play Strapping. left tackle right now for Florida State. Russ, we may need you. Russ is a, a, a wonderful stand-up guy, awesome at his job, and a big bitch. Russ, you're yes. an impressive man. He Again, man, when things go down, I, he says he's going to be in Charlotte, and I asked him if he was going to come to Gainesville. I don't think he was going to come to Gainesville, but, but mm. he's going to be rolling with us in Charlotte, so we'll be all right. So – it's going to be interesting to see just how healthy can Florida State get before that ACC championship game. Let's see how healthy they are for Florida. Um, I, I I do want to see this team be in a position to put their best foot forward once we get into these postseason games. Right. right now, I feel like they've had to kind of work around a bunch of stuff, and that's a testament to how good the coaching staff is. I don't think our fans really realize just how banged up this group has been. We're not allowed to talk about specifics, but I think it's self-evident when you watch the games. I re-watched the game this morning, Ira, because sometimes you can't see things from the stands, you know, and you want mm-hmm. – and I watch it really closely play-by-play play from there, and I just see a bunch of guys who are tough as nails trying to work through some things and find ways. I, I believe if they're 100% healthy, these scores look a little bit more disparate but they have not been healthy yet. They find ways to win games and they cater to what they can do right now. Uh, I think they're capable of more. I just want them to get healthy enough to be able to achieve that. Yeah. I I think there's nothing like, again, what I said earlier that I, you know, this may be who they are. That doesn't mean they can't all click on one, all cylinders in one game or two games. Again, you talk about getting to a play. If they played the way they've played so far, you know, they're they're, They should win in Gainesville. They're obviously going to beat North Alabama. And they should win the ACC championship game. I mean, I, if Louisville gets there, which it looks like they will, watching them the other night, yeah. I mean, I think Florida State's, Florida State's in good shape. Florida State plays the way they played all year. They're going to win that football game. So now, and you're in the playoff. Could you hit it one game where everything clicks? The passing game, the running game, 
the pass protection, the, you know, the, the run blocking. I mean, does everything kind of come together? I think the defense has been solid, you know, is, is solid enough for most of this year. I mean, I, I, you know, I think you could, you could have that special game that even gets you into the championship, the national championship game. But if it doesn't, it's not going to be like that. This was some to me, in my opinion, this is not like you will never be able to say this is a team that didn't live up to its ability. This is a team that's, I mean, man, performed incredibly well. I mean, again, you, you have a chance to be 12 or 13 in a row. Yeah, nobody's going to complain about 12 and 13 in a row. I mean, my goodness gracious. I mean, I thought, you know, the idea before the season was that you certainly need to get to the ACC championship game. Well, they have. They, they are going to the ACC championship game. Um, we could debate from there what that – beyond that is is their ceiling. But I, I think for Florida State, um, you know, basically we're sitting here saying they're 10-0. and 0. They're basically 11-0. I mean, they're right. 11 and 0 right now. So if any of us had said before the season, guys, we're going to be headed to Gainesville undefeated. Pretty feel pretty good about that. Um, yeah. Carol writes, I think people need to understand that coach Norvell has built a team so different from Miami and the Gators. If you watch on television, the sidelines and how players interact with one another and their coaches, it's eye opening to see it so positive for us on those sidelines during the games, these past two seasons. Oh, he's created a great culture. I agree with you, Carol. If you're citing the culture, I think you're right to do that. I think there's a really good culture here. It's uh, a testament to not only what he's been able to ingrain and infuse, but also the consistency of message across the coaching staff and amongst the veteran players. Uh, They are bought in, they believe, and they have passed that on to the incoming players, Ira. That's how you can have so many transfer portal players come in and work seamlessly into what you've already built, right? Because that culture has to exist when they get here. Yeah, I thought there were a couple of cool moments last night. Again, I encourage people to watch the post-game uh, interviews from the players because you could hear directly from them. And I thought there was some neat stuff, you know, just listening to those guys talk about each other. You know, like um, Akeem Dent was looking, and I don't know if this was on the video or not. It might have been before we started recording. But Akeem Dent was looking at the stat sheet, and it had Kalen Deloach with two sacks, and he was mad. He's like, He's like, D'Lo had three sacks. Like he was, he was concerned about D'Lo's stats, you know? And yeah. like there's there, there. And then when the, uh, when we started doing the interviews, we, we had Jordan Travis, um, Jordan Travis, uh, I think might've been Deloach and, um, and Keon Coleman were up there together. Then when they were done, Trey Benson, came, it was his turn to talk and Keon Coleman and Jordan Travis, it's man, it's Saturday night. It's close to 10 o'clock, nine, nine 30. I'm sure they they have things they can do as college stu- students mm. for the state and yeah. not on Saturday night after winning a football game, and they 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 actually stayed in the press conference room to watch Trey talk to kind of tease them a little bit, but also again, man, you just see those relationships. Yeah, there's there's something special, and I think that plays out in games like that where guys are constantly stepping up at different times, like for each other, you know. One guy won't will make a mistake, but somebody else picks him up. I think that's been really one of the cool things about this team. Kayvon, thank you. I see uh, a contribution that I have not gotten to yet, and it's a healthy one, and we really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for that, buddy. Um, just I don't have anything more to say but that because there's no question there, but it's just a, a, a kind offering. So we, we appreciate that very Thanks, much. Thanks, Kayvon. Uh, did it look like Keon pulled up in that punt return to save his hamstring similar to Dalvin versus Miami? Well, I don't know if he was saving his hamstring, but I do think that you know, given the fact that he didn't play last week and you're looking at a lot of guys that are kind of dealing with some bumps and bruises, 
it's it's distinctly possible that he protected himself from what I don't know. I'm not talking about. Yeah. I don't know if it's a hamstring. I don't know if it's a bone bruise. I don't know if it's a tweaked ankle. I don't know what it is. But yeah. And by the way, on his touchdown catch, thank goodness we're not playing on astroturf because that have snapped his leg. If you watch that way that that happens when he catches the ball, go back and watch that. Ira. Really, the way he lands and, and the player lands on the back of his oh, leg. Really. Man, I had to I had to hold my breath. I thought we were dealing with something there. He landed so awkwardly, but he's a great athlete and he's in incredible shape, so he handled it well. And you and I would have been dead, but he's on <laughs> Coleman. So <laughs> yeah, but to the point you made that comment earlier, and to their point, I I thought there was there was a pass underneath in that game where like mm-hmm. I felt like man, normally he would there would be some a little bit more burst there, and it could be again, man, you know just. I don't know if it's a soreness issue or if it's a concern of, of re-aggravating something, but it didn't seem quite as explosive. On the power turn, once he got going, once he found that crease and got going, now that's a different story. But in terms of stopping and starting, it seemed a little more tentative. Yeah, I think I think a lot of our guys are dealing with that. Johnny looked a little rusty. He had a good game, but Johnny looked a little rusty to me too um, after the catch. Some of that, you know, he was trying to – I think he was being careful. I think all these guys – I don't want to say all these guys. I mean, I, I'm not talking about every single player on the team. But I think you're seeing lots of guys, Jaheim for sure. I mean, if you go back, look at the snap count, he didn't play a lot. Um, you know, it's it's clearly they've had a bunch of kind of – it's football. It's freaking football. And I really believe, and I'm speculating, but I really believe a lot of that was in that Duke game. You know, Duke, Duke didn't have the offense to compete, but, man, they are physical. And Elko's teams are always going to be. And I just think that a lot of guys took some shots in that game. And, you know, they won the game, and they ended up winning the game going away. They're tough. But I think that there's still kind of some things that are lingering there. And the nice thing is, again, you have this North Alabama game. It's big. I mean, it's just oh, it's, it's a big week for them because, you know, you played football. I mean, you can speak to it. Brutal. But a week or two makes a big difference. I mean, I, here's a comment. I was talking earlier this season. Florida State had a night game one week. And I'm not going to say specifically who the player was. But Florida State was going to have a night game one earlier this season at 8 o'clock. And I was talking to somebody in the program and they were saying they were happy it was a night game because those extra five or six, seven hours might be a big difference for that player. Think about that. I mean, I think for somebody that didn't play college football, like I'm I'm like, really? Six, seven hours can make that big of a difference? Now you're getting basically some of these guys might get an extra week to get healthy, which is it can be a really big deal, right? One of the things that has come a long way since I played eons ago in the black and white era, I will (laughs) tell you, uh, Ira – treatment is a big deal. Like these, these doctors and these trainers do an amazing work for these guys. And, and if you talk about the advancements in technology and, you know, whether it's a cold tub or whatever else you're talking about now, I mean, there are so many things and ways they get these guys prepared and work on their bodies when they have deep bruising or they have a pulled or a strained muscle or they have like, they can do so much. It's actually kind of baffling. I mean, there are some injuries that are described where you're like, Oh, well, he's going to be gone for 10 days, but that's my antiquated way of thinking the way things were back when we got hurt in 1989, 1990, you know, like nowadays guys can come back from things really quickly. So you give them an extra five hours, you give them an extra day, you give them an extra five days. If you sit, bless Harris, uh, this weekend against North Alabama because he clearly needs a little time, good. Bless Harris will get basically from the game ending last night until they play Florida to get his body right. to get. And I'm just using that as an example, but just to get rested. Right. And speaking of him, I guess, man, just from what we've seen and observing, 
have they, I guess they've shut Robert Scott down. I, mean, I, so you, I have been speculating for weeks that this, this is a failed experiment. And I don't mean that as a criticism, but when he was getting he's off, he's just not going to be healthy. He, I just don't think he's going to be healthy this year. You got to stop trying. I mean, stop. If you're going to put a guy out there for 10 plays, 12 plays, 10, what are we doing? At yeah. some point you got to play a game. And clearly I just don't think, I think he's probably speculation. I might get yelled at for this. He may be done uh, for the year, for the year. And and what's the reason I bring it up is, is you feel bad for Robert Scott, but he was he was second team All ACC last year. Yeah, he's so again, player. when we talk about this team and we talk about eight proven offensive linemen, they've been talking about since the beginning of the season. You have eight offensive linemen that you know you can win with. Well, if Robert Scott's not going to be part of the equation, which he right now he doesn't seem to be a big part of the equation, now you're down to seven. And then to your point, if you've got a bless Harris who's dealing with something, can you really sit him, or do you have to get him out there? So that you know, there's yeah. a you know, it's there's there's some depth there, and it's nice that they have some depth. But uh, you know, it's that even that position has been tested. It's a great opportunity for a lot of young linemen this week, guys. I I, I just oh, I'm yeah. excited to see this. I want to see the young defensive linemen, the young offensive linemen. Again, Florida State has you know won these games, these 16 straight games. They haven't done it by playing lower division teams, and now they have an opportunity to do that. And uh, I, I think it's. You know, it's, it's good for them to be able to rest a lot of guys. Last couple here because I got to eat dinner. Do you think Jimbo, in a moment of self-honesty, looks back today and regrets leaving FSU, or at least the way he left? Also, percentage chances he comes to the 13-team reunion this weekend. Uh, that's from uh, – right? Um I think that when relationships end – be they work relationships, personal relationships, romantic relationships, people tell themselves whatever they have to tell themselves to justify why it didn't work. Very few people look in the mirror and say, you know what? That was on me. I was the reason that this didn't work out the way that it should have. And typically the only way that changes is many years down the road with some perspective and you have an opportunity, maybe not in the throes of that moment to kind of think about it. And I just wonder, given that he went straight from one job to another job, that it, has he ever really had a chance to reflect on all of the things that led to his demise at FSU? I don't know the answer to that question. And I don't know that he's the kind of guy to sit around and think about it. I will say this. I've heard from a couple of different people that have had conversations with him in the last couple of years that he at least expressed some uh, regret about some of the comments he made, particularly to us in the media in general, because, you know, he could have handled it better. I think he had, he's acknowledged that he could have handled it better. And I'm talking specifically about uh, attacking the media for speculating that he was trying to leave when we all knew he was going to leave. Well, it was crazy. Um, and, and, and some of that. So I think he did. He does have some regrets about that. I don't know if in terms of the big picture, whether or not he's going to, you know, he may go to his grave thinking it's all Andy Miller's fault or it's all, you know, right you know, Eric Barron's fault or whoever Stan Wilcox's fault or whatever it is. Um, but I would, I would bet that he realizes to some degree now that it might've made more sense to try to fix things here as opposed to just napalming it on the way out and go into the next best thing. Cause I think you get to, when you win a national championship, dude, and you and I will never have that feeling. It has to be intoxicating to a level where you think you are, it's about you. I mean, right. It, it probably, yeah. I would, I would imagine any coach who's won a national championship, even somebody as humble as Bobby Bowden, 
you start to think, man, I am something special. I mean, that's incredible. That's an unbelievable accomplishment. So, but I would bet maybe after these last few years, maybe he's, he's, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if he's had some thoughts along those lines of maybe I should have made it work there. Um, the 2013 team, I don't think there's any chance he's coming back for it, but I, I don't know, man. I don't, maybe, uh, maybe. he's free. I they don't are, mean, so for people that don't know real quick, for people that don't know, uh, the North Alabama game, they are having a reunion, the 2013 national championship team. I was talking to Rob Wilson. He said they, he thinks they're going to have over 60 players yeah, from that awesome. team here this weekend. So that's going to be awesome. Jameis is off, I believe. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, he said that whole offensive line is going to be here. It should be a really cool day. Uh, hopefully maybe some of those former assistant coaches will be here as well. Yeah. Final thing on this real quick. Sage wrote in here that bro's laughing all the way to the bank. Maybe. He's yeah. made more money than he could ever possibly spend, and it was long before today. Um, I don't think he operates that way. I, I I know him a little bit. Certainly talked to him for a long, long time. Never seemed motivated by money. The man drove a stupid truck with uh, camouflage on the side of it, for Christ's sakes, despite being worth millions of dollars. Um, I don't know. I, I It was, to me, the money represented respect and power. Correct. That's exactly what it was. I don't, I don't, he's never been one of these guys. It's like, oh, I'm going to buy this mansion and go, you know, go to the uh, Maldives. I mean, I, I, he never. And when you get fired, you lose the respect and the power. Yeah. Yeah. So So there's, there's a lot of that. Uh, Ben, great job. Ira, brother. Good job with the Don Julio, too, buddy. Uh, I will, I will talk to you tomorrow on the Jeff Cameron show. Don't forget, we've got a lot of great content this week. Ira will be writing more. Corey will be writing more. Wake up, War Chant, kicking ass. Jason, lots of lots of recruiting coverage. Go to the site tonight. Matt and Michael are cranking out recruiting content. All these visitors have been talking about their trip, so that is going up uh, on the site tonight as well. And there's a ton there, like legitimate meaty stuff with Florida losing players and you know who knows maybe Florida State continues to flip some guys this could be exciting this week will be fun for that you're right Ira good job pointing that out uh be good everybody have a great night enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening and we'll talk to you tomorrow peace